Hello and welcome back to the Nostalgia FC podcast with your hosts, me, Drew. And me, George. This is the podcast where we delve deep into the recesses of football and history and obscure footballing players. Yeah, so each week we'll get on a guest who will give us their favourite footballing 11, their super sub, their manager, their stadium and their kit. So this week's guest is an actor, presenter and voiceover artist called Kieran Wesley. He's probably best known for his part as Batman or Bruce Wayne in the fan film The Confessions of the Bat, which won many awards, including Kieran winning a Best Actor Award at the Gold Awards. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So without further ado, let's get him onto the pod. This is Nostalgia FC. Welcome to the podcast, Kieran. How are you? Thank you very much. I'm, I'm quite well, thank you. How are you guys doing? Very well, thank you. Yeah, very good. Very it's good. Like we're, we've been told we can play football again, so all is well. <laughs> glorious, I'm, uh, glorious, glorious. I'm currently quarantining for ten days, so this is nice, like a nice little. This is your this is your social life at the this minute. This is my yeah. social life at the moment. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, football fan, Kieran. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm a Spurs fan. Um, really for my sins. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so football is a football is a strong a strong word. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, I, I, I love football. I love uh, I love watching it. I'm not. I, I did used to play when I was much younger and much fitter, but I was never particularly good. But yeah, no, lo- love watching it. Would love to see some football again one day, yeah, perhaps. Yeah, it'd be nice. It's right. Me, me and Drew are playing football at the moment, and we're still not very good. So no, <laughs> <laughs> not really. Right. Should we jump right into it? Uh, what's your formation? Yeah, lovely. Uh, I've gone for a four-two-three-one. Four-two-three-one. It's my fave. I understand that one. Last week's guest, JJ, picked a one with loads of numbers. I heard. Head what was it? Gone. A reverse, reverse Christmas tree? Reverse that Christmas was, tree. That was revolutionary. <laughs> that's, great, uh, that's something, isn't it? Yeah. The great managerial mind of JJ. 4231 <laughs> I can get on board with. I understand that one, then. There we go. Yes. No, I thought I'd be simple, yeah. <laughs> right then, let's go. Goalkeeper. Who are we saying? Well, I, I, personally, I love a sweeper keeper. I, I mean, I... I, there's nothing that I love watching more than Manuel Neuer, you know, skinning two outfield players. Um, <laughs> and so he was up there. Neuer was up there. Edison was up there. Uh, and then I also went the other way and just, you know, for a total hard bastard, went for Oliver Kahn, maybe. I've never seen a scarier man, although perhaps my one of my centre-backs might give him a run for his money. Um, but in the end, I went for Rogerio Senni. Yes. Yes. Um, Sao Paulo legend. I think he played. He played over twelve hundred times for Sao Paulo, uh, over a, over a thousand appearances as captain, which is amazing. And uh, on top of this, I mean, I, I think he I, I think he played there for twenty five years, won twenty major titles. Uh, that's you know Brazilian leagues, Norris and all that stuff. He actually beat you Scousers in the um, uh, Club World Cup final he after did. that famous ball. He he also my fa- my favorite thing about him he scored over hundred and thirty yeah. goals. I was going to say um, you can't you can't mention Senny without. <laughs> I I tried to resist. I tried to make it about the goalkeeping, but no, I mean, hundred and thirty goals. I think he's there. I might be wrong, but I think he's their top scorer in the Copa Libertadores. <laughs> That's crazy, isn't it? Um, which is insane. And uh, yeah, so penalties, free kicks. He did get one from open play as well, and. Um, so I think any goalkeeper that scores 130 goals, how how can you say no? Yeah. Uh, Especially if you're like a sweeper keeper, it's more than just yeah, a sweeper exactly, keeper, exactly. isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's a sweeper striker, I guess. Uh, but he, um, 
on top of that as well, he was actually a really good shot stopper. Like it kind of gets lost in the weeds yeah, yeah. when you talk yeah, about it his. It's, it's weird to say when you talk about his goal scoring, um, but you know it, it kind of gets lost in the weeds. That he was a really good uh, stopper, and he was kind of unfortunate to be in that sort of Brazilian era of you know Julio Cesar and and, and I think Dida as well was ahead of him, um, and so yeah, he sort of I think he made. I think I think he made less than twenty appearances for Brazil, uh, all told. But uh, great shot stopper, one hundred and thirty goals. Um, he's he's in there. He's in their top ten goal scorers of all time. It's just <laughs> blows my mind. I mean, you'd be uh, devastated uh, if you were a, a striker for Sao Paulo for all those years. And yeah, if you, if you got edged out by a goalkeeper, then I think you uh, have some words. But um, yeah. but no, he's an absolute legend for the club. Brazil legend. Massive foreheads, so we're kindred spirits. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so Senny, I've got on my number one. The one thing I'll say about Senny, though, or like it's more about Sao Paulo, if he's taking your free kicks and your penalties, how how poor are your strikers? <laughs> or like midfielders or like... No one else has got any technique. I mean, why Cause... bother having other players? Why yeah, not just have... You've got a goal-scoring goalkeeper. That kind of yeah. ticks all the boxes. It just it just makes me laugh because like I've said it I've said it on the podcast before like if you've got your keeper taking a penalty or a free kick if it hits the wall he's fucking <laughs> he's fucking breaking his neck to get back and it's yeah not, I mean it's not the best well, look I think the thing with Shani is they all went in so that was that was that was never an issue yeah I mean yeah, um, it's not like I mean it's amazing isn't it it's not like he hit five free kicks in his career 130 goals. That's mental. That is like, I mean, what's Shane Long got? Like seven? (laughs) (laughs) It is out of this world. I always think with um, with like Senny, like taking the goal, the free kicks like that. If you think back to when you were a kid playing football and like eleven aside, how many times would someone else have to take the goal kick for a goalkeeper because they couldn't kick it? So he's literally the polar opposite, where he can kick it and he can kick it with accuracy. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean. can you imagine being like stick a target man in Sao Paulo and then uh, stick Senny on a goal kick and that's a that's a that's a guaranteed assist every time, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, but yeah, he, he was. I, I, I don't know. I, I hesitate to say world class because obviously there's like a there's a there's a bracket of keepers that I you know De Gea from 2017 when he was just like absolutely untouchable. I think he saved something like 15 goals or something like he was way below expected goals um allison who you obviously are very familiar with he's obviously been a bit shaky this season but he's yeah, yeah, well edison I think, is incredible edison's kind of like the revolution of Senny, but without the goals i think um but yeah i mean like like i say uh any keeper that scores over 130 goals has to, has to go in any team we'll move on to your defense hopefully you know they can help out Senny if he uh, if he does hit the wall or anything like that. <laughs> They're quick. Um, <laughs> which I, I, did actually take, I genuinely did take this into consideration. Uh, yeah. Oh right, okay. Um, so I'll, I'll go left to right then in that case. Um, cool, cool, cool. So at left back, I've got Alfonso Davis. Nice. Yes, yeah, so he's, he's quite quick. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm thinking he's if Senny hits the wall, who who do you want running back? You want the lightning man, Alfonso Davis. You want I think, pro- um, possibly the quickest man in football, yeah. I, just uh, unbelievable. He came on in the um, uh, the quarterfinal against PSG in the first leg. And just immediately, like in the blink of an eye, he'd run 60 yards. He's so, so fast. Yeah. Um, he's, uh, I think he's only, I think he's still 20 as well. I don't even think yeah, he's hit 21. Yeah, he is. 
which makes me lament as to what I'm doing with my life. But he, he's, <laughs> he's incredible. He, he also does loads and loads of charity work as well, um, which I think is great. He, he's the first, first footballer to be an ambassador for the United Nations refugee charity. Yeah, well, uh, his story is incredible. Like the fact that he was born in a refugee camp in Ghana to Liberian parents and then obviously they emigrated to Canada and he's settled and had this amazing talent. But that's just the ultimate, like, for want of a better phrase, like Rags to Riches story. Like, yeah, from a refugee yeah. camp, like, one yeah, of those like horrible places you could ever be to where he is now, where if he never waited another day in his life, he's set, he's done, he's fine. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, and it's good that he's sort of. I really admire when footballers sort of stay in touch with their roots. Like uh, Sadio Mane is another one who does, he does lots of charity work in Senegal. Yeah, yeah, he does. Um, does. I think that's, I think that's great. Cause obviously these guys have got more money than you can shake a stick at. No, I mean, but yeah, I think he's, he's incredible. I mean, he's, he's 20 years old and he's won a treble already, which yeah. I think is yeah. and unbelievable. He's not even on the bench either. So, he was contributing. He was there. He was yeah, in it. Yeah. Yeah. Last season really was the making of him. Yeah. I remember it was against Chelsea in the Champions League last year and he just absolutely destroyed Cesar Azpilicueta. I mean, he, he, he just could not handle him. And, and yeah, like any time, because Bayern have this unbelievably intense, high energy, everyone attack all the time, especially under Hansi Flick, uh, who yeah, I think is a great yeah. manager. And it, it's mental football. It's, it's, you know, Jurgen Klopp said that he, he loves to play rock and roll football, I think it was. And... Um, and this current buying team absolutely epitomise that. And so what you need for that sort of system is somebody who can absolutely bomb it back and cover for any time yeah. you lose the ball. Absolutely. And so having the quickest the quickest man in football is uh, is going to help you out there, no end. Yeah, so, so saying the quickest man in football, I've just, because I remember, I remember there being this ridiculous stat come out of how quick he'd actually been clocked on a football pitch. Mm. Uh, and the one I've got here is 35.6 kilometres an hour. Oh my god! Which <laughs> rather fast. That is lightning fast. There's a there's a, a game last year in the Classica, the Dortmund Bayern game, mm. and Erling Haaland is running in on goal, and then out of nowhere, Alfonso Davis sprints past him, turns around, <laughs> and tackles him. He's got a time, <laughs> and Holland's no slouch. He's not exactly no, yeah. on his way to the goal. Yeah. He gets past him, turns around, and tackles him. Crazy. Crazy pick. Oh, yeah, unreal, unreal. So yeah, the ultimate I, I, player to cover for Rogerio Saini. Well, exactly. That was, that, like I say, that, that was my thinking. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Alfonso Davis. I mean, it's it's scary to think where he could go as well. Yeah, absolutely. Being, yeah. being only 20 years old, uh, obviously his game needs some refinement. He's got this unbelievable pace, but he's improved so much in the last year, like positionally and his awareness on the pitch. That I just think, where where could he be in like five, six years time? Yeah, yeah you need you need to you need to appreciate the fact that he's not the complete package yet as well, even mm. though he is incredible. He's not that complete package yet. Yeah. Well, last thing on him, he could well be the next Gareth Bale, left back to left wing. Could be I could see yeah. well, he's, yeah. he's kind of done it the other way around though, hasn't he? He's yeah. sort of moved moved back. Uh, but I, I mean, yeah, I can absolutely see him finishing his career further on the pitch for sure. Yeah. I think, I think he's had such a... David Alaba at Bayern is obviously a fantastic defender, incredible reader of the game. And I think to have to have him to learn under, you know, uh, two two left-footed players, I think um, must be quite an experience for yeah. for, for a young player. Absolutely. Mm. And then let's go on. Do you want to go across the back, or do you want to go to the other football? Yeah, let's go, let's go across the back. So left centre back, I went with 
the bald bastard himself, Mr. Yapstam. Just the most terrifying creature I've ever laid eyes on. Um, (laughs) And and not a bad football either. He played in a charity match a couple of years ago. I don't know if you saw it. Was it the UNICEF one? Um, Yeah. And what is he now? He must be nearly 50 or or possibly 50. Yeah, pushing that. He was just snapping people in half, like all (laughs) over the pitch. Just like two-footed challenges flying through the air. I mean... It's like, calm, calm down, Yap. It's for charity. It's... Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, I mean if, I wouldn't dare say that to his face, but you're, you're welcome to, Georgie. I, uh, remarkably, actually, while I was doing my research, I thought... I think of him as this, like, long-standing Man United legend, you know, I think. and But then when I was checking, he made 79 league appearances for United. Yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't there for too long. He was there during the treble season yeah he was i think he was ni- he was there 98 to uh, 2001 yeah um yeah but i i think that's testament to the impact that he made that he's still thought of in the same in the same breath and in the same bracket as like a ferdinand or a vidic yeah. you know who have, made, who have racked up hundreds and hundreds of appearances for united despite making less than 100 appearances himself did he fall out with alex ferguson or something and that's why he was so i wouldn't be surprised who didn't <laughs> he what he was in uh he won premier league all three years that he was at United mm. and also was in the PFA team of the year all three years as well. He's, the, he's this big, scary man, obviously, obviously, as we all know, but he was also great on the ball. Like I remember him, maybe not to the extent of a Ferdinand who was, you know, could probably play anywhere on the pitch, but he was, he, he had quite a silky touch for such a big specimen. Yeah. Uh, you know, much more so than like a, a, just to stick with United, much more so than a Vidic. Uh, he was he was kind of in the mould of Harry Maguire, I think. But oh, if only Harry Maguire reached those heights. <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently, and I didn't know this. Apparently, uh, he could play fullback as well. Yeah, he did. He played a right back a few times for United. Can you imagine um, if you were a winger coming up against him? Oh coming, up, coming up against six foot three Yap Stam right back, right? <laughs> so do you want to swap wings? Do you, do you want to swap, swap wings? With, yeah, please. I mean, uh, he, yeah, can you, like, I'd love to have seen, like, a Ronaldo against a Stam and just career-ending challenges flying in, I imagine. <laughs> what's, what's quite interesting here is he never reached 100 appearances for any club. Is that so? Yeah. Probably snapped too many of his teammates in training. And they were like, oh, <laughs> he's a shit monster. Like, yeah, Send just him move on, else. move on. Well, he, he, does, he seems like... A, he, he seems like to put it diplomatically, he seems like a bit of a character. And I imagine that's probably why he's yeah. shifting all over the place. But I mean, where did he, he... He went to Lazio, didn't he, from United? But did he play for AC Milan as well at some point? Or did he I make did. That he, played, he played, he played against final. Liverpool. Yeah. Oh, did he? He did. I didn't know that. So yeah, I mean, that's testament to his quality that he's he's shipping all over the place, playing for these massive clubs. Right then, let's move on from old Yap to your other centre-back, yeah. right-sided centre-back. Uh, right centre-back, it's my uh, my first Spurs player on the pitch. It's Ledley King, who I was thinking this recently. I don't think we've had many Spurs players on this podcast. That, I mean, I can't say I'm surprised, Drew. To be perfectly honest, <laughs> uh, but I'm going to bring I'm going to bring a few to the party. Uh, so, I mean, Gareth Bale is probably the only one. Yeah, Possibly. and that's probably. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's he's hard to argue with, but I think Ledley King. I mean, you only need to read what other players and pundits said about him at the time. You know, he's pretty much a generational talent uh, hmm. uh, in defence. Um, 
And it's just like a tragedy for English football, which I know you guys are so, so passionate about on this part. I love it. I love um, it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tragedy um, that he just didn't have any knees. I mean, he... he I think he clocked up about 200 appearances for Spurs, which considering yeah. he's, he's a one-club man, isn't actually all that many when you think about it. And I remember later in his career, he wasn't... There's this incredible fact that he didn't train with the team. Like, he wasn't fit enough to take part in team training sessions. So he had his own solo sort of fitness plan that he followed, which I guess was just, like, wrapping himself in cotton wool and sitting in an yeah. ice bath for two games. <laughs> Playing um, himself on FIFA. Like, I've got this, this is what yeah. do. Um, but, I mean, he was just incredible. Like, he, he was quick as well, like, for, for a centre-back and just some of his last-ditch challenges. Uh, Spurs captain, inspirational leader. Um, he actually, until, I think, a couple of years ago, had scored the fastest goal in Premier League history as well. Really? Oh, really? I didn't know that. Something like nine seconds. Um, it's Shane Long now, isn't it? Especially for a second. It is now, it, it is now Shane Long. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a shame. No, I, I, I thought it was weird as well. But he, 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 earlier in his career, he played a little bit in midfield. And so I think it was 2001, he scored against Bradford in nine seconds. <laughs> like I said before, I, th I think if, he'd, if he could have stayed fit, what a player England would have had. essentially. Yeah, uh, um, and what a player Spurs could have had. I mean... Maybe we, maybe we might have won something in the 20 years it's been, however long it's, it feel, feel, feels like, 20 years. But I'm, now, I'm so, so pleased to see him now coaching at Spurs as well, like he's defence coach, which yeah. you know, maybe doesn't cover himself. <laughs> anymore, but, um, but it's just it's great to see him back involved. And if and when Mourinho gets sacked, uh, I, I can see Ledley maybe making the step up. Might, might, might be a bit soon for him, but... I'd love to see him like try his hand at management because he's got a great football brain. He speaks yeah, really yeah. well about the game. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, anyone could do a better job. <laughs> yeah. Well, Peter on the King on Peter Crouch's podcast, he was talking about talking about youth football and how like some players get called up to the first team squad. And he said when mm. he was at Spurs as a youngster, Ledley King was constantly getting called up to play with the first team in training because he was so much better than everybody else, and he was just like on yeah. that level already. So oh, I mean, it's such a shame that he's like you said, his knees just did not work. You know, yeah. What what's really upsetting as well is that when you were saying because I've just read it here as well about like him having to train on his own. You don't get like that because you don't get that uh, rapport with the rest of your team or anything like that. You don't you don't hang around with the rest of the team. You're just a little bit depressing, really. Well, luckily Spurs have had one of the worst injury lists ever in the past <laughs> twenty years, so, so they're all had plenty of company in the treatment room. In my yeah. in my head as he well. Who's the defining the defining injury list member is Ludley King. In my head as well, you know. Um, I don't know if you're a fan of American football, Kieran, but uh, the quarterback in training always wears a red vest so that no one's allowed to touch him. Yeah. In my head, in my head, Ludley King is exactly the same. In a red vest. Stay away from him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he probably stuck him on a, on the next training pitch over. You know, yeah. Red bib on his red bib on his arms, red bibs on his legs, red bib around his head. I mean. Uh, yeah, I, I like I say, fantastic player. Tragedy that he couldn't play uh, a full uh, ever a full season, but yeah. uh, absolute privilege to watch. And, and I think it's testament to his character that you know having to train on his own, but still being club captain. I think yeah. shows He's what fine, a, an incredible yeah. leader he must have been, and what and, a person. And still being a part of the team for so long. 
Like you can yeah, imagine a lot, yeah. a lot of managers, if it was a different player, could, would have been like, you know what, it's not worth it. Yeah, lost patience and chucked him out. But no, yeah, a uh, lot of love for Ledley King. Great pick. Nice. Lovely love choice. Is this another, uh, right is this another back, speedy right one? back, right? My, my, my final uh, defender position. Um, I, I sort of, I, I struggle with this one a lot because I love a marauding fullback. So I was thinking your Danny Alves is, your, your sure, Trent Alexander-Arnold, yeah. maybe. Uh, <laughs> Serge Aurier. marauding to the point of insanity. Um, <laughs> um, but I thought in the aim of defensive stability, I thought, I want someone a little bit more solid um, who I know can make a tackle, which I, Serge Aurier must be able to. Like, uh, <laughs> once uh, or twice, surely. Rumour has it that he made a tackle once um, <laughs> and uh, without giving a penalty away. And um, so I, I went with the 2014 World Cup winning captain, Philip Lahm. Oh. Yes. Is, is the this the right first time back. he's been picked? I think so. That's a shocker. That's, that's, that really surprises me. I, um, yeah. He... One of the best right backs and left backs uh, and central defensive midfielders of, uh, of all time, in my opinion. Yeah, hundred um, yeah. percent. Just impossible to get past. Uh, never saw him miss a tackle. Obviously, cap- captain of Bayern, over over three hundred Bundesliga appearances, and captain of Germany to the to the twenty fourteen World Cup. Um, he I, I, he was just incredible for such a small guy as well. He was he like physically could throw himself about and. Just, just seemed to have like balls of steel, like nothing ever phased him on the pitch. He was in three, I think it was 2010, 2014 and 2006 World Cup t- uh, team of the tournaments. Um, obviously won it in 2014. Uh, he, he, amazingly, he, he was, he, he, so he, he, he's been like a one club man his whole career, like started at Bayern, went out on loan to Schalke, I think. Um, Stuttgart, I've got it. Stuttgart, I knew, I knew it was an S. Um, the German team there. And then, and then, and then, two thousand and nine, he was fined twenty five grand by Bayern for basically coming out in public and saying this club is run like shit, and <laughs> we've, we've got no philosophy. The transfers we're making make no sense. The management's awful, and so he had twenty five grand, which I think is the biggest fine Bundesliga history or something like that. Um, so much for free which, speech. You know, <laughs> well, well, yeah, I mean, opposite. but then, so that's obviously a bit of a black mark against him. But having said that, Bayern did then win nine of the next 11 Bundesligas. So you knew what so, he was talking about. <laughs> he obviously straightened them out a little bit. Philip Lahm, I, this is an amazing fact that I heard a few years ago and I, it's just stuck with me. Philip Lahm, in his whole career, never once sent off. Mm. Booked only 20 times and he never once served a suspension. That is incredible. Wow. I knew knew about the red card thing, but only 20 yellows. That is, that's insane. That is an insane start. And think like he played right back, left back and centre defensive mid. Three positions, I would say, synonymous with getting booked. Do you know his nickname? Yeah. Phil. No, the Magic Dwarf. (laughs) The Magic Dwarf. (laughs) Great. Phil. Magic Dwarf's nice. Phil. (laughs) Big Phil. Hi, Phil. So what I find crazy about Philip Lahm and Bayern is that they've, since he retired, they literally just went, oh, look, we found it, the exact same player and just bought Josh Kimmich. Is he not yeah. the same player? Yeah. He literally yeah. plays right back. Plays it, it, he, Lahm was the mould, wasn't he? I mean, yeah. and, and Kimmich, like you say, is just like a, a ready-made replacement. Yeah. Love it. Well, that is a hell of a defence. Yeah. 
mix of pace, anger, discipline, <laughs> and no knees. And a goalkeeper that can <laughs> score. Yeah, and, and goals from your number one. There you go. So let's go <laughs> to the midfield. So the two in the, the midfield, are they certain defensive mids? Are they just regular centre mids? What are we saying? Um, I think I'd go centre defensive mids, but one's sort of a deep line playmaker, one's more of a ball, a ball carrier. And my right central defensive midfielder, I think you two will appreciate, is Xavi Alonso. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just supreme uh, with the ball at his feet. I mean, his range of passing was crazy. Just like, you know, you'd see him hit like five or six 80-yard passes, you know, onto a sixpence a game. I mean, he was amazing. But and I think that's kind of what he's remembered for because like, obviously he had an amazing Liverpool career and then went to Bayern and you guys then Madrid then Bayern or am I getting my yeah, yeah it was up? that yeah we sold him to Madrid and then he went to Bayern after that yeah and then he retired I mean, Bayern. I mean he sort of remembered as this 37 38 year old sitting in front of the back four pinging these <laughs> 80 yard passes but I remember when he played for you guys he was really handy like further up the pitch as well yeah he was like, very good really good short passing and, and, and like intricate interplay great in the tackle as well just like fantastic positional sense he's kind of like Andrea Pirlo but a foot taller yeah, he's not as good as Andrea Pirlo, though. No, that, that, I would I'm, say I'm only I'm only saying that because you play for Liverpool and I hate Liverpool, obviously. But it's like <laughs> he he's not as good as Andrea Pirlo. Surely. I think I think he's much better than Andrea Pirlo. Honestly. Okay, okay, hot take. <laughs> That's not a hot take. <laughs> do you really? I yeah, I do. If you compare what, know, the, what both players do, I understand. I understand the the joys of Andrea Pirlo. I think he's an excellent player. But like you just said, what Alonso did and what he does and the clubs he did it for and everything mm. he won whilst being a focal point in those teams, I don't think... I true, think true. And, and I would love to, to have seen Pirlo come over to the... I would love to have seen Pirlo come over to the Premier League. Oh, same, yeah. Do you, think, do you think he would have survived the Premier League, though? Because I feel like if he'd, if he'd come up against Ledley King and just had, like... <laughs> I'd love to let's see two tackle go through. Andrea Pirlo. What a, what a matchup that would be. Um, there you go. See, he'd tell you who did. I mean, that's the thing. The Italian league, not to not to put any disrespect on it, but it's a slower pace. Hmm. There's a lot more time on the ball. But here's a question for you, fellas: Who well, do you think is more handsome? Xavi Alonso, Pirlo, Xavi Alonso. When he got his beard, when he was at Madrid, <laughs> that's you took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. I mean, when he signed for Liverpool, he had a mop hair and he looked about 14. Yeah, but, yeah, but what about Pirlo when he got his beard? Nah. See, this is it. Maybe let's. I'm going to do the rest of my teams purely based on looks. On looks. We'll <laughs> yeah. put this in a poll. <laughs> Who's more handsome, Alonso or Pirlo? We'll put that in a poll on the, on the Instagram and we'll see. The only thing is, you control, you control the Instagram, so you'll probably like do Xabi Alonso really nicely and then absolutely do Pirlo. I would never, I would never do either of those men. I'm straight, but yeah, you know. Try and find a picture of Pirlo not looking his best. I'm pretty sure it's impossible. Oh, yeah, I agree. Alonso was the glow up. There you go. If I could... Alonso, Alonso was the glow up. If it's, like George, him... it's like George Thomas. If you look at George Thomas when he was a kid, you would never <laughs> assume that he'd become a handsome man that he is now. Adonis, yeah. Um, I think if I could put a thumb on the scale, I think I'd go Pirlo. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with Drew about the glow up for Alonso just because... If you compare him from the photo from when he signed uh, for Liverpool, I think it's been on our Instagram recently, to when he was at Bayern Munich, it's like no comparison. Yeah. <laughs> Other comparison of Alonso and Pirlo, if you look at their careers perspectively, right? So Alonso, Liverpool, Madrid, Bayern, 
and then he retired at Bayern, peak of his powers. He mm. Bayern wanted him to carry on, and he said, "Nah, it's right, lads, I'm gonna go managing in Spain again." And then Pirlo got released by Juve, and then went, "Oh, you know what? I'm gonna go get chased by American teenagers in New York for a little bit." So Alonso went out on a high. Pirlo went over to New York yeah. and got the runaround by some I'll, teenagers. I'll, I'll give you that. I always think if you can go out on a high in your career, absolutely do it. I mean, I get it because I'm, I'm sure he got yeah. absolutely paid when he went to oh, New 100%. York. 100%. Yeah. You know, and he was playing with David Villa as well, which must have been quite fun. But So I'm assuming he's not your next centre defender. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like we've no, spoken about no. Pirlo more than we've spoken about Javi Alonso. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, God. Uh, no, my, my, my left central defensive midfielder is Moussa Dembele. I assume we're talking uh, who, Spurs one, not Celtic, now Atletico Madrid one. Yes, I've, I've put the former Leon striker in at central defensive <laughs> midfielder. Uh, it's always not Pirlo. No, no. Um, I'm going for the uh, Spurs. Is it? Do you think it's too strong to call him a legend? No, I think he's a legend. <laughs> I, I, I mean, like, was... like Spurs, you got to get any legends you can. <laughs> He, because um, I think really, realistically, he had two, maybe three, probably two, really great years where he was just absolutely unplayable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and probably the best thing that Andre Villas-Boas ever did for the club. Um, <laughs> Apart from leave. Although, not to disrespect <laughs> ADD, because I'm pretty sure he has a better win rate than our current manager. Yeah. Um, That's what Jose which, does. But no, I mean, I remember the, a quote from Pochettino who said, uh, basically, I can't remember the, the exact quote, but, but something along the lines of, if I'd got my hands on Moussa Dembele when he was 21, he would be the best player in the world. Yeah. Um, Sounds a bit threatening. <laughs> <laughs> if I'd got him in my van when he was younger. Um, no, but he was just like, a big, strong specimen, but could just glide across the pitch. And, like, I just remember, uh, as soon as he picked up the ball outside our box, you knew he, we were going to make 60 yards up the pitch. Hmm. He was just impossible to get the ball off. Silky, silky touch, big, strong guy. Um, and I think the one thing that held him back was, you know, like, numbers-wise, he didn't, He you know, he wasn't a goal scorer, didn't wasn't big in the assists, but so so you know he doesn't stand out on any you know top ten lists in that sense. But he he's just like such a unique skill set. Like I can't think of another player like him it's, that it, could do what he did. It's no. one of those things where it's, it's always important for a team to have. Is like you don't necessarily always notice him when he's on the pitch, but as soon as he's say injured or he's on the bench or anything like that then you notice what he actually does for your team sort of thing. Yeah. Came for Musa that it kind of ended pretty sourly. Like that that last season he was at Spurs, I remember he was pretty, he was pretty useless. Like he, he just suddenly like went off a cliff. I don't know if he he lost a yard of pace or he just you know his strength dip. Um but now I think he's is he in China now? I think yeah, he's in China yeah. or somewhere. Guangzhou um, Evergrade. At the peak of his powers, I think he was unplayable. And I think he partners a player like Xabi Alonso really nicely, who's just going to kind of sit deep and spray the passes. I was thinking yeah. you need someone who's going to carry the ball as well. Yeah. Um, I think they'd be a cracking partnership. They would. Here's a yeah. quote for you to finish on Moussa Dembele. 
Someone once described him as part ballerina, <laughs> part tank, but the complete midfielder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's perfect, perfect description. <laughs> I'd love to see a tank and a tutu. All right. Let's <laughs> go on. So now you've got the three. So we're saying two wingers and an attacking mid or three attacking mids? Two wingers and an attacking mid, but my attacking mid's kind of like a floating striker kind of thing. Nice, okay. All right. So where do yeah, you want to go? This, is a pretty, this, this front four is pretty damn devastating. Uh, so left wing, okay? I don't know if I can forgive myself, but I also don't know if I can not include him. Uh, I've gone with Thierry Henry. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> Maybe when you're thinking about moving to London, don't move into the Tottenham area. Wow. <laughs> he may be run out of town with a pitchfork. Yeah, I mean, I know I'm sitting here in a in a Spurs t-shirt and I'm I'm surprised it hasn't gone up in flames, but <laughs> I just don't know how you can not include him. He was an absolutely unbelievable talent. I mean, I think he still holds the record for most combined goals and assists in the in the Premier League. I think so. Yeah, goal um, contributions. Well, to be fair, 20 I, and I, 20. Sort of thing that if um if Harry Kane continues away, well, hopefully he's not injured after yesterday, but if he carries on, then he oh, could break that record this season. Yeah, I mean, Harry's now uh, 21 goals. Oh, let's not. Let's, let's, I'm, I'm just going to start spieling about Harry Kane yeah, when I have, sorry, to suck, sorry, yeah. I have to suck it off and talk about Thierry Henry. <laughs> um, I just remember, like, he's remembered, obviously, a devastating finisher, but he kind of could do a bit of everything, like everything you'd want from a forward player. Like, he could pass, he could dribble. He was deceptively strong as well. I think he, I think he doesn't get enough credit for like how hard he was to 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 physically get off the ball. And yeah, I think, uh, it, like I say, it pains me, but I think he's probably in the discussion for. I was going to say top five, but probably top three Premier League strikers of all time. Yeah, I agree. Um, if, you, if you're talking about strikers, I think I think there isn't anyone better. I think. Would you not put Shearer ahead? I think I think Shearer would probably be my number one. But he's more, yeah, for the amount of goals, yeah. I'd put Henri at the top. The biggest thing going for him is he's just had a Tottenham fan pick him. Like, you can't have any more praise than that, like, surely. Like, you wouldn't see, you wouldn't see Drew pick uh, Wayne Rooney and his team. You wouldn't see me pick Fernando Torres or Luis Suarez or something like that. Like, that's got to be the biggest praise ever that you're that transcends rivalries. That's what it is, isn't it? Yeah, I mean... And I, I don't blame I, you either. That's the thing. I don't blame you. He's just like an unavoidably incredible player. Obviously a complete dick, but uh, an <laughs> unavoidably fantastic player. I mean, I'm, my, my best friend's Irish and I know he's never, ever going to forgive me um, because, well, we all oh, know. For the, for the humble player. But like, I don't know where that Wenger team would have been without him, like, no. that incredible Wenger he was team. The focal in the point, but yeah, he was the absolute the, the glue that, that that made that attack work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who was it? Was it him and Bergkamp and Robert Perez all on the pitch at the same time? Yeah, yeah. And that's Freddie Yeah, and, 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 and Freddie. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a pretty incredible um, strike force right there. Definitely is. So yeah, may God forgive me, but Thierry Henry is on my left wing. God may forgive you, but Tottenham fans won't. <laughs> <laughs> right and on that note we'll move on do you want to go to your right winger or your attack midfielder I'll go right winger I'll go right winger and um, again fairly obvious one I stuck Diego Maradona in oh go on then may he rest in peace first and yeah. foremost but he's got I think it's hard to avoid in this country especially you know 
thinking of the hand of God incident and and that sort of defining Maradona's career. But he, it, but everyone forgets that in that same game he scored one of the best goals of all time. that I've yeah, ever yeah. seen in my yeah. life, where he basically skins seven people from inside his own half and then rounds the keeper and finishes it. So I don't bear too much ill will about the hand of God, to be perfectly honest. Because if you're going to then score a goal like that, fair enough, you know? Yeah, mm. yeah 100%. Um, and he, I like, he's, 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 he broke the mould in a way. Like, I think Maradona of the 80s, you could put him in a team today and he would still run things. I think oh, yeah. he was sort of way ahead of his time in terms of technical ability. Um, and yeah, just like, have you seen that video of him warming up, doing his warm up? His little dance, um, yes. yeah. His little dance, he's not got his boots done up. He's just, and the rest of the team are like doing their stretches, and he's just sort of boogieing. Uh, he just was such a like a naturally gifted player. Um, and yeah, dev- obviously devastating finisher, quick as heck, uh, fantastic dribbler. Yeah. And so, not only have I betrayed my club today, but I've also betrayed my country. <laughs> At least you committed I to I it. Don't, I, don't th- <laughs> I don't think you have, though, because Maradona is just... He's like yeah. standard that you compare every winger to these days. It's I don't just, know. I reckon you get chased out of many an English pub if you mention Diego Maradona. Yeah. yeah but I, I, like, I like, I said, like I said, I think, was it even just last week, if you were in a position for your country to put you... Uh, was, was it the first goal in that game? Yeah, it was. Yeah. I think so, yeah. So to put your team 1-0 up in the World Cup, and it, it's just the thing of you have to handball it to do so. Anyone does it. Anyone does mm-hmm. it. Yeah. We do it for Wales. You do it for England. Anyone does it. Yeah. A few, a few things on old Diego. Some great facts. So obviously we all know that the life outside of football is yeah. penchant for cocaine. Cocaine. <laughs> 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 yeah. And so and so openly as well. Yeah. So some like fun things so about openly. old Diego. So he was the first player to break the transfer record. Twice, wow. really. Barcelona played five million for him in the eighties, which was uh, a record. Uh, he didn't play very long, no. And then Napoli signed him for six point nine million, so he broke his own transfer record. So that's wow. one fun Diego fact. The hand of God thing. He said he actually because people say like the hand of God was just something that someone came up with. He did. He, he was it. in the interview afterwards, wasn't he? It? Said yeah. it was the body of Diego, but the hand of God. So it was him that said it. <laughs> and then I love that. I love that to do it and then just sort of rub it in that little yeah. bit more. So think how, yeah, to think, cheat and then be like, I'm God. So yeah, yeah. so what you can do. So think how good he was, right? So how like special player he was. And if you ever watch footage of him playing for Napoli, like Napoli were the first Southern Italian team to win Serie A because of Diego Maradona. Well, yeah. largely down. That's a great. Part. I didn't know that. There you go. There's a fun one for you. My standout moment, though, isn't even especially football related. I think it's later in his career when he went back to Argentina. You know that um, that clip of him screaming into the camera? Screaming into the camera. I was going to mention that. He's just like eyes popping out out of his face and like a mouth like six (laughs) yards wide. It's just like you feel feel like a coach at some point was like, right, we'll let you take coke. Just don't let anyone know. And then that happened and they were like, Ah, okay. Just you start giving the game away. Yeah. So my my last fun fact on Diego Maradona. Yeah, loved it. So how good he was at Napoli in the eighties, early nineties. Like, un- incredible, untouchable. The best player in the world, no no question. He 
would play on a Saturday, and this is this is a genuine thing. He'd play on a Saturday. He would then go out on Saturday night. He wouldn't come home until Wednesday, <laughs> like a five-day bender. And then he would then train Thursday, Friday, play on a Saturday. That was, that's that was his routine. Probably on a Saturday as well, yeah. And they let him. Well, and they let him. Cool, because I mean, he was still yeah, doing it. He was still... But I mean, yeah. it, it it is now making the, the the dead at 60 make a little bit more yeah. sense, isn't it? Yeah. When, when you hear facts yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was still going at it, you know, up until the, the day he died, wasn't he? I yeah. mean, well, well, what was the last World Cup? Yeah, when he was, was off say. his face in the stands, it was amazing. He was in like a um, box, wasn't he? He was absolutely off his face. Yeah, just completely spangled. But uh, yeah, incredible player. And and like I say, like I think Maradona and his pomp would be put would be easily top one or two players in the world if he was to play today. And and like comparable footballing talents as well, I imagine. Drew. Yeah, and I absolutely <laughs> love. No, I can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do not do not get this cancelled, please. <laughs> I think he's his. I, I, I might be getting my facts scrambled, but his daughter is married to Sergio Aguero. Yeah, yeah, and their kid. I think before the kid was born, like agents were lining up to sign him to their books. Yeah, well, do you know who the Godfather of that child is? Godfather's Messi. Yeah, Messi. So that kid's <laughs> a <the> new child. <laughs> yeah, because Aguero and Messi are like best mates, so Godfather's is yeah. uh, Messi. Try and avoid the comparisons, kid. <laughs> it's got no chance. <laughs> right then, let's go to your central attacking midfielder or the second strike or whatever. whatever yeah, so second striker. I've gone for the man that's on my back, Mr. Harry Kane. I love him so much, fellas. I mean, I can't. you have to love someone in that Spurs theme, don't you? Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, at least there's <laughs> one. I think, I think he's possibly the best player in the world. <laughs> I think that's one. That's one thing that I think. Oh, right. No, 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 no. Just, no, 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 just do what, no pause no, it a second. Like, if you say it, if you say it, say it with chest. Don't, don't you, you sort of half. Because I, I didn't, I, I felt, I felt like I was going to get ganged up on. And, <laughs> and, well, and it's coming, but at least, at least, say it was okay, let me make my case. Let me make my case first, then. Okay, so he's going to break Wayne Rooney's goal-scoring record. Yeah, yeah, easy, easy. If he hangs around long enough, he might get close to Shearer's. He, I don't think. I, I've can't, I, To be fair, I can't see anyone. Ever topping Shearer, 260 goals is just fucking outrageous. Yeah, uh, but Harry's he's o- he's on over 160, so it's it's in the realms of possibility. I think he's only Sergio Aguero and Alan Shearer have scored 20 more goal, uh, 20 or plus goals uh, in more consecutive uh, in more seasons than Harry. I think he's on five now. Yeah. Uh, he can absolutely do everything on the pitch, um, which is lucky because no one else at Spurs can do anything. <laughs> so it's, it's a really nice balance that we've got to the team where we have one guy that can do everything and everyone else that's completely fucking useless. Uh, but this season, like he's, you know, he's scoring goals, he's assisted, he's top goal scorer and top assist maker in the league at the minute. Yeah. Um, as you were saying earlier, Georgie, possibly on track to, to top Thierry Henry. Um He's also making 
challenges. He's all of our creative play goes through him. Basically, you know, he's dropping deep. He's pinging 60 yard balls out. He's in the box making goal line tackles and, and, and clearances. Uh, obviously England captain, it, consummate professional as well, which I think I, he seems he's really old school in that sense. I don't think you see many footballers like him now. Uh, he could have gone to Real Madrid any summer for the past five years. Let's face facts. Oh, it's coming though, isn't it? Shut up, Drew! Um, <laughs> no, is it coming? I mean, that's a conversation that we should have, I suppose. Um, I So I, I, when you were saying you don't think he'll ever be Shearer's, I think it's because he leaves. I don't think he stays in the Premier League. I would not begrudge him leaving whatsoever. Um, and I think you'll be hard pressed to find a Spurs fan that would hold it against him. Every every paper and every pundit, whenever Tottenham have been mentioned in the last five years, have said, "Well, Harry's going to leave. You know, this summer he's he's on his way out. This is it." But it does feel like it does feel like, doesn't it? There's there's more of a there's more of a realistic conversation going on around it. Yeah. That being said, in a COVID market, no one's got the money to buy him. No, not a chance. I, th- I genuinely think, a big part of me thinks he's going to stay at Spurs. Because uh, no one's in his head, but he seems like the kind of guy who's who, who wants to be that one club man. You know, he yeah. wants to be club captain. He, he's England captain. He wants to. So I can imagine he'd want to stay in England uh, to, rep- you know, to represent his country. And yeah, he just, even if he does in his, in his own, in the back of his own mind, want to move, he's not going to push for one as well, which makes me feel yeah. like, again, may stay longer. And who knows, next weekend we might win the EFL Cup. <laughs> Maybe. Also, and then I'll keep Jose Mourinho a job for another season. Something, oh, that would be, something that would be really interesting, if he did say, stay at Spurs, I've got up the ratios of like all the top goal scorers at the moment, and his is better than anyone's above him. Yeah, yeah. Because he's on uh, 0.68. So him and Thierry Henry are on the same. So he's behind Thierry Henry. But uh, beyond that, he's better than everyone else above him. So if he did stay and keep up the numbers, he did. I think he's the fastest. I think he's the fastest. I could be wrong on this, but I think he's the fastest player to 50 Premier League goals and the fastest to 100. Uh, I think he was the fastest player to 20 Champions League goals until Haaland just blew everyone away. That's probably not going to be beaten again, is it? (laughs) Yeah, I just like... So let's, let's have your talk then. I think he is in with a shout for being the best player in the world. Where would you where would you put him? Does he make your top ten? Does he make your top five? He'd make my top ten. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, top ten. Yeah. Probably not top five. I don't even think he's the best striker in the world, to be honest. I well, that, that's that's another argument, isn't it? Because I think Lewandowski is the best finisher in the world. Oh, I was thinking Divock Origi, to be honest, but yeah. And <laughs> and the podcast. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, it's Divock Origi is just like a trigger word for Spurs fans I found recently. So, choice for striker. Yeah, I'd, hey. say, I'd say Lewandowski. If you're talking about like out and out striker, 100 yeah. percent Lewandowski. Yeah, I, I, I think Kane is up there. Goals this season, which in in something like 28 games, which is ridiculous, it's just insane, isn't it? I think <laughs> yeah, I think that, like the whole conversation of best players in the world is so subjective because most people just are drawn to attackers when really you consider course, yeah, defenders and goalkeepers in there as well. The, the list would be a, a lot longer. Are you twisting this around so you can talk about Virgil van Dijk, Drew? No. No. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, Van Dijk would be up there. Even I would say that as well. Which is... 
I think, I think, okay, maybe rather than saying best player, then because like you say that is subjective. I think he's the most complete player in the world. I, I, he's up there, definitely. He's, he's definitely got all the attributes as a complete player. I'll give you that. He's, he's an absolute world class player, hundred percent. Do you want to know a sad, a, a fun slash sad stat that I heard this morning about Harry Kane? Go on, go on. Now that he now has 164 Premier League goals, and he is now the striker with the most goals that has not won the Premier League title. Okay. Oh, is that because he passed um, <laughs> Fowler? Yeah. Oh. Because obviously, okay, Alan, right. everyone says like Alan Shearer didn't win it, but he did. He won it with Blackburn. He won it with Blackburn, yeah. Yeah. No, nice. Well, there you go. Harry Kane, a terrific player. Very, very good player. I do rate him very highly. So if he's not your striker, who mm. is your striker? Oh, yeah, here we go. Well, I thought, I was thinking they can sort of play a similar role and linking up a lot of play and they can kind of swap positions and drop deep and, and create chances for everyone else. Because I think with Thierry Henry on one, ring and, uh, on one wing and Maradona <laughs> on the other wing, we've got goals for days uh, yeah. from there. So I was thinking I want a bit more creativity from my striker slash strikers. So I went for Karim Benzema. Oh, yes. Now, what I won't do is the cliche, he's the most underrated player in football. I won't do that. I know I've just said it, but I'm not. He I is. won't. I, I agree. I, but he I won't is. Do it. He is. Um, I, but I think, he, I think he was. I think he was maybe a couple of years ago, and, and especially while Ronaldo was there. I think there was one season where he got like four goals or something, something outrageous. Um, but I think now he's really, I mean, he's carrying this Madrid team. Like he, he knits all of their attacking play together. Yeah. And again, Drew, w- watching them against you, he's just an absolute delight to watch. Like yeah, he is. his reading of the game and like his range of passing and his vision. Um, there's, there's times where he, you know, he was winning the, he was uh, receiving the ball, holding up the ball incredibly well. I know he's only playing against Nat Phillips and fucking Kabak who, Let's face facts. I'm not going to. Oh no, Nat Phillips is prime Maldini. He fancies it. I'm not going <laughs> to. I'm going to give you a second to retract that. Uh, he is prime Maldini mixed with prime Nesta when he fancies it. <laughs> I'll keep. I'll do this for days. All right. He's Van Dyke. He's Van Dyke with a haircut. Right. Come on. Let's. Good <laughs> lord. Good god. You guys. If you weren't going to get cancelled for the for the cocaine, you're going to get cancelled for the <laughs> Nat Phillips Nesta uh, comments. But no, he was he was he just seems to have eyes in the back of his head. Like he was creating chances for his teammates without I like I don't he's got one of those he's one of those players who I watch him and I can't understand how he does what he does, like how he sees people without glancing in their direction and knows how, where to play the pass. I think he links the play incredibly well. Uh, he's also like a really I was, gonna, I was about to say underrated when I said I wasn't gonna do it. <laughs> but I, he's also he's also a really underrated goal scorer. Since yeah. Ronaldo, you know, he's um, I think he's bagged twenty go uh, twenty or more goals every season since Ronaldo left. I, th- I might be wrong on that one, but I know he's got a great record. Um, and yeah, I think he would interplay really nicely with Harry. Uh, you know, because uh, they both they both can link up the play. They both can drop deep. Both can obviously score goals. Those two can uh, swap positions in the way you played them as well. Yeah, yeah, that was my thinking. Mm. I think he's got like almost 300 goals from Madrid. I think he's two, 270 goals from Madrid, which is, you know, no mean feat. I'm not sure where he ranks on the on the, on the the all-time goal scoring list, but he's got to be, well, I, he's, I imagine he's got to be in the top 10. He's quite high on the all-time Champions League scoring list. He, he might be a third. Of, like, he's in the top five, I'm sure. That wouldn't, 
surprise me. Yeah, he's he's such a good player, and like he is the ultimate big game player. Like, yeah. Put him in any final, any high pressure situation, he's scoring goals. He's making a difference. Like last weekend was the El Clasico, and he scored a back heel goal. Oh, yeah. in, the El Clasico, yeah. in Clasico. Yeah, loves it. I, I Karen Benzema, I just love him so much. Like I've always, I I've always had things like French footballers. I think French France produce like a, like a different class of footballer. I don't know how they do it, but they do. Um, so hopefully one day my French children will uh, be good at football. <laughs> but the um, the I should point out, uh, Kieran, I, my fiance is French. Um, yeah, I was going to say just, that might have been a bit odd for Kieran. Not just projecting that I'm going to have French children. I'm not just going to pick the nationality. Um, <laughs> but like Kieran Benzema, like if you, if you look at the, the the route that he came up through the Leon like youth system and then mm. played in the first team when he was like 17 and then got picked up by Madrid pretty much when he was still a kid. And like, if you look at how good he is coming from like, not like the best academy in the world. Yes. At the same time, he came through with Hassan Ben Arfa, but like, and then they're <laughs> they really, really yeah, quite different. But like they've, they've produced some amazing players like Ndombele from the Leon. Yeah. Uh, like Hassan yeah. Iwa recently as well. Like they've got like mm-hmm. Samuel and Titi was from the Leon thing. So was he? Was he? Of course, yeah. Yeah. So obviously, like they've got a high caliber of players coming through, but like he is like the top, like I would say yeah. the best French he... player of the past. Well, since Henri retired, the best French player around, I think. Most yeah, I mean that is a, that's a tough that's a tough call because, like you say, France the talent that they produce is unbelievable. I think yeah. their second team could probably win the yeah. Euros. That's it, and it's crazy. Um, but this, the the the, problem, the shame is that Didier Deschamps will not stop playing Olivier Giroud. <laughs> no. He's really fallen out, haven't he? He's, he's retired from international football. Has he now? Yeah, he retired in 2015 because he fell out with Deschamps and said, "I'm not playing for you. I'm not. I won't do it." Oh, you mean Benzema? Yes. Sorry. Yeah, Benzema. Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. Well, not Giroud. Sorry, I mean, no. Benzema. Yeah, no. Giroud. Giroud's like golden boy, isn't he? <laughs> Yeah, I was I was going to say I, I was wondering why he doesn't get a look in, but that that makes that made sense. But yeah, uh, so that's my that's my one to eleven. Absolutely class. Yeah, absolutely incredible. The subs got to be something special to come on to replace any of those players. <laughs> uh, yeah, so my sub is pre- pretty straightforward. This one, I think, after Harry Kane's probably my favourite player of all time, Mister David Beckham, Golden Balls himself. Yeah. Um, I just like I, I mean what what more needs to be said you know absolute pearl of a right foot one of my earliest football memories is watching him score that halfway line goal and all, all, yeah yeah and and all of those years ago I think it was still John Motson um, and <laughs> he said he said something like um, surely a future England player or something like that and it's fun to look back on that now. And I think he's, is he the most outfield English player or did Rooney take that? I don't remember. Ooh. I'm pretty sure he's got some sort of record for England, but um, yeah, I mean, over, over a dead ball uh, from the way, I don't remember ever seeing him run. I always think, yeah, we, we, we've said this a couple of times he's been picked. It's like, I, I don't remember him ever doing much apart from cross, free kick, <laughs> pass, like, but, uh, I mean, that's 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 all you need, I suppose. Yeah. And I think if, if you needed to bring on a sub to control the game, I think stick backs in that midfield, yeah. and you're not losing that ball, are you? Do you um, think? 
do you think modern day he's a central midfielder? Um, possibly, yeah. Just because of the emphasis now on like pace, pace down the wings, and 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 physical ability, I think he'd be much more much better suited. But then you do lose that delivery from wide areas. Yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely adore Bex, and obviously England captain as well, um, inspirational leader. How many how many of his haircuts did you try and copy as a kid? My favourite one was the, <laughs> the 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 curtains, you know, the blonde curtains. Yeah, yeah. Where he looked like he could have been in steps or something. Um, <laughs> well, this is why Street Boys didn't go very well. No, yeah, no, that, that was my top one. I think cornrows, we can all agree, was a terrible mistake. Yeah, yeah. everyone has a bit of cultural appropriation. Good job, Bex. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, 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 I adore Bex and he's a legend he can have whatever haircut he, he likes yeah he's um, an icon he's, he like transcends football doesn't he he's everywhere like you could go down the street and you could say to like someone who's never seen football a day in their life do you know who David Beckham is they'll say yeah yeah I know David Beckham yeah. Is, yeah. Oh, he does loads of work with UNICEF as well these days yeah. doesn't he hmm. loads of charity work and he owns his own football team <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh, I, I wish only the best but Bex he also just seems like a top bloke like he just seems like such a mm. nice guy yeah, uh, maybe a bit beige, but he. he, he <laughs> I remember watching, uh, he, he announced he came on stage at Live Eight, which would be what two thousand and eight, two thousand five, when whenever it was. Yeah, um, he came on stage to announce Robbie Williams, and <laughs> as soon as he stepped on, like obviously the whole crowd went bananas. That's the and that's he, the most two thousand and eight thing I've ever heard. Coming out to Robbie. Um, <laughs> Uh, and it was amazing because like he got this rapturous applause, and he's obviously an England icon and a legend and England captain and inspirational leader, fantastic sportsman. And he went to the front stage. He was like, "Hello, everyone. Just want to talk for my good friend Robbie Williams just coming in." And just this tiny, tiny little Beckham voice it was adorable. So yeah, I, uh, I nothing but good good words to say about Beckham. Isn't aside it? from that red card, <laughs> I was going to oh, say, yeah. isn't it Obviously. mad that he? he managed to turn around like and, like the whole nation hated him yeah. after that red card in was it 98 against Argentina yeah I think so yeah and everyone and, hated um, him like they were even bringing I remember like seeing a, a picture of like him hanging effigies. in the stands yeah, and stuff like that to turn it around from that to being like an absolute national hero and like you say going on stage at Live Aid and absolutely getting this massive ovation mm. well the reason he, the the way he did that, I've I've just figured it out, right? So the, the kind of fan that make makes an effigy of a player, they're not most intelligent fans, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's why Beckham changed his haircut because then they'd be watching him going, <laughs> "What? Who's this new fella? Bloody hell, mate! He's well good." And then it's like, <laughs> "Oh, that's class." There you go. No, I mean thick English fans thinking that he's a different person. Um, yeah, I love I love Bex. I love Golden Balls. Yeah, yeah. great I'm, player, I'm great choice. Great sub for a great team. Great all round. Wow. <laughs> so we'll take a short break and then we'll come back and we'll discuss your manager, your stadium and your kit. Right, Kieran, you've given us your team and what a team it is. Uh, you sort of alluded to who the manager possibly was earlier. So yeah, should have given a spoiler warning. Yeah. Um, everybody loves playing under him. It's such a shame, like a crying shame that he didn't win anything at Spurs. But no, I, I love him. And I think now to see, and Poch is just like, he's just got this infectious energy. Like it's, you can't, you cannot dislike him. And 
like a, a lovely, a lovely big teddy bear. He, he did great work at Southampton as well. It should be said before he yeah. took over his um, sort of groundwork for their evolution. I know that they've they, they started the season really well. They've taken a dip uh, since about Christmas, but you know, obviously, while he was at Spurs, the restrictions at Spurs were pretty stringent. You know, not I think he ended his career at Spurs with like a maybe almost a net profit in transfers. Wow. Uh, which, which these days is insane. And, you know, this is while United and City and Chelsea and Liverpool were spending 60, 70, 80 mil on players. Poch was working on a shoestring and, I, you know, probably playing... I think that, that year that we almost... The year that Leicester won the league feels like when we should have won it. Yeah, that was your well, chance. It was... Uh, it was... Anyone's because everyone had a bad season that year, so it's anyone's yeah. taking at that point. Yeah. And Leicester and Tottenham were the teams that were like, "Yeah, all right, we'll do it." Well, I remember, I remember um, having a look at the stats on on match of the day that they brought up, and I think we were best attack in the league, best defense, most chances created, fewest chances uh, against. Like we were first, second for all of these metrics, uh, and it's such a shame that it didn't work out. But. Yeah, I mean, come on, come on, Le Bleu in, uh, come on, PSG in the, in the Champions League. I hope to God that he wins something. I've seen a lot of Spurs fans like giving him hate on on social media and hoping gonna... like, hoping PSG get knocked out, and that makes Why? no sense. To me. Like, I, gonna... I have nothing. Yeah, because I was going to ask what what were your thoughts on him leaving? Because in my eyes, he was treated mm. quite harshly in the fact that he he did so much for Spurs, and yeah, he didn't win a uh, yeah trophy or anything I, I, like that. On. I think, I think looking back, you know, with 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 hindsight, we can see now that it's the players that are the problem, not the yeah. manager. <laughs> yeah. Um, the squad's just not especially good. I mean, we're having Son and Kane, Kane in particular, are having two of the best seasons that you know we, we've ever seen in the Premier League, and we're still seventh. Yeah. So, like, yeah. The, the rest of the squad's just not very good. But I think we were 14th when he was sacked. And I just, like, when that is the case, I don't know what else you could have done. Do you know what I mean? Like, as as much as I wish it hadn't happened, I'm not sure what else Daniel Levy's supposed to do in that situation. Because yeah. uh, it's easier to sack a manager than it is to replace a whole squad, I suppose. And that's, yeah. what, that's what needed to happen. He'd already kind of done the rebuild. And then I don't think he wanted, like, would he have stuck around to rebuild a rebuild? I, yeah, I doubt it. It's a big ask for someone, um, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's, it's a real shame that he didn't win anything and an even bigger shame that, he le- that it ended the way that it ended. Yeah. Um, I think if we could have won that Champions League final, then no, you know, no regrets if, if, if he had left. But the fact that he has nothing to show for what was an incredible stint at Spurs... Yeah. The thing that pisses me off most about it is Arsenal fans. <laughs> um, <laughs> because they're so quick to just shit on the fact that he didn't win anything and ignore, you know, the broader context of, of yeah. what he did for the club. And, and he was such a good player manager as well, wasn't he? Like, yeah. he dealt yeah. with the players so well. And, like, mm. it's a shame. Well, I mean, you saw it that, Ajax, was- that Ajax game where after they won, he was the most emotional out of all of them. Like when yeah. that goal goes in. I don't know if you saw the interview with him, but um, after the game, yeah, 
and he's just yeah, yeah, yeah. crying. It's, it's oh my god, it's beautiful. Um, he's like a proud dad. Yeah, yeah exactly. like that's what he was like. And it's nice. To, it's really nice to see that same energy now at PSG. I know they've, yeah. they've been a bit shaky in Liga. That's but Pochettino needs a bit of time to 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 bring in uh, the culture that he that he wants to bring in. Yeah, and I think him working with the youth academy that he's now got at PSG is quite an incredible prospect because obviously they France produce, we talked about it earlier France produces amazing talent PSG is one of the best academies in the world and also on top of that he has unlimited money yeah um, pretty good and so now I'm really interested to see how he does without the restrictions that he had at Spurs where obviously yeah. he had no money to go from that to, to now where he can spend as much as he wants on whoever he wants uh, I'm really intrigued to see how he gets on it was but, just funny that God, like one of, if not his first game as PSG manager, he won a trophy. <laughs> I know. Just the ultimate oh. irony, just like, oh, sorry, Tottenham. <laughs> yeah, I, that was, I was a little salty at the time about that. But, <laughs> but like I say, you can't, you can't begrudge him. I think he's, he's, a, no. he's, he's, a, he's a top bloke. And well, there we go. What a great manager. Obviously, best manager for Tottenham that I've seen uh, yeah. since I've been around. I read that all right for a bit, but you know what? Not AVB, you know. <laughs> oh God, I did. I, I, I did contemplate Harry Redknapp. I know you were making a joke, but when he when I think we were well, that he had one great season when we were twentieth, and I think we finished fifth, fourth or fifth when he took over around Christmas yeah, time. Yeah. Um, so he does. He's he's become a bit of a meme in his old age, hasn't he? But I, he he does deserve some credit. So he was yeah. that, for that one season. He was a, a narrow second choice, but <laughs> you, I just I can't look past uh, Maurizio. Nope, that's fair enough. So let's move on away from your manager into your stadium. Where are we playing? Um, this this one's pretty straightforward for me, and it's a place I've always wanted to visit. And I kind of there's a stipulation that I have to make here. Um, but I'll tell you the stadium first. So I, I went for Dortmund Stadium, Signal Iduna Park, Westfalen Stadium. Yeah. Um, I think, but the, my stipulation is I would quite like to have the Dortmund fans in it. Yes. Yeah, 100%. I think that's a fair enough thing to say. My, my team. Um, every time I watch... I, 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 Dortmund are a bit of a second team for me, really. Um, and every time I, I, you watch them play... like I, I loved watching... I think we played them in the Champions League a, a few years ago. And that stadium is just the most raucous thing I've ever seen in my yeah. life. Um, what's it called? The, the, the Yellow Wall? The Yellow Wall, the, yeah. The left stand, and it's it's so steep. Like you're you're almost it looks like you're almost on the pitch, and you know there's flares and there's flags and there's there's chants and there's uh, it just it looks incredible. Um, so that that is definitely 100 on my bucket list. Yeah, um, yeah. I, so that one wasn't tricky. I, I had a had a few other possibilities. Um, I love, um, but uh, what's the name of Barca Stadium? Camp Nou. Escape me, yeah, Camp Nou. I think that's that looks beautiful. I mean, the inside anyway, it's it's falling down, but uh, it looks lovely. And the San Siro was a was a a, a near pick as well because I'd love to go and see it before it's. I think it's demolished, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so I'd love to go and visit that. Uh, but yeah, I just the Dortmund Stadium and the Dortmund fans. I think German German fans in general actually think the way that football is done in Germany. I'm, I think I'm right in saying that. They're all fan owned, right? Or at least majority. Yeah, I think majority they definitely are, yeah. take better care of the fans in Germany than they do here. Yeah. Well, the prices yeah. of the tickets are 
mm. like if the, if the price of the tickets were the same over here, it's dirt cheap. Or well, someone worked it's, out yeah. where you could. I can't remember who it was for. It might have been for Chelsea or something like that. But it's something like you could buy a season ticket in Germany and it would be cheaper for you to fly out to Germany and watch the game every week than it would be to buy that season ticket for that club. Yeah, it's amazing. It's That's amazing. It's crazy, uh, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Vassvalen Stadium for me. Definitely on the bucket Great list. choice. Great choice. I once heard a quote where someone said, wait, if you stand outside the ground on a match day, you can actually, it, like, you feel like the stadium is actually bouncing. Yeah, yeah, that's that's crazy. That's such a good like indictment on the Dortmund fans. Obviously, they like you said, they're raucous, but they're so passionate and they're so like connected to the club. It's just a like perfect place to play. Great choice. And I think Klopp's got a lot to do with that. I think I think Klopp yeah. deserves all the credit for bringing that sort of. He's a bit. He's a a rock and roller raucous man himself, isn't he? Yeah. I think he brought a lot of energy to the club, and yeah. it's, it's after he's left. Good old years. Mm. And then. Well, Let's move on to the kit. Yeah, kits. Um, I love a good football kit. Absolutely love a good football kit. I was I was going to go for quite an obscure one. So the first piece of football equipment I ever owned was a goalkeeping training jersey from like 1996. Not not for a particular club, but it was like black had black sleeves. And then I don't know how to describe it, but that classic sort of 90s... So it almost looked like TV static. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah. Like pink and blue and purple. Uh, so I, that was that was my first choice, but I thought that might be a, that might be a touch too obscure. Um, uh, so, and a few honourable mentions. I think Gremio's kit is gorgeous. I love the the blue stripes. I think really yeah, really nice. nice. Um, I love the colour scheme of Barca's as well. I think it's gorgeous. Except for that, they did a check thing, didn't they? A oh couple yeah, of years. yeah. That was a disaster. But other than that, um, and one that narrowly missed out is um, the so the first England women's kit they had that was um, different to the men's was the away kit was this really really nice like red wine kind of color. Um, it was really simple, but just such such a nice color. So that that narrowly missed out. But my top pick is an. Specifically, RB Leipzig's 2021 Champions League away kit. Right. The blue and yellow one. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's lovely. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, to be fair, I quite like Leipzig's home kit as well. It's very German, um, and but their away kit's just like a little bit chaotic. Um, and it reminds me, actually, of my... Uh, the blue and yellow reminds me of my... <laughs> my old football team from when I was back when I was capable of playing sports, uh, <laughs> when I was a, a young, a young lad, uh, we, we would be blue and yellow as well. Um, nice. yeah. So Leipzig's champions league away kit from this season is my it's kit. A lovely kit. I find German, German kits often make their kits really nice. The only thing that always bothers me about German kits is they put the sponsor at the top and the name at the bottom. Yeah. It does they, confuse me. They don't do it as much yeah. anymore, but they used to do it. I used to hate it. <laughs> Hey, that is a great choice, a great kit for a great team. So we will run back through your choices and mm. then all that's left for you to do at the end of this is to name the team. Sure. Here we go. So you went for a 4-2-3-1 formation. Your goalkeeper was Rogerio Saini, the great goal-scoring goalkeeper. And your defenders were 
Philip Lahm, Ledley King, Yap Stam, and Alfonso Davis. What a little defence that is. Yeah. And then moving into the midfield, we have possibly the best-looking man in football, Xabi Alonso, next to Moussa Dembele, the Tottenham midfielder, not the uh, Celtic striker. Uh, you've got the attacking three in that midfield as Thierry Henry, Harry Kane, and Diego Maradona. Yeah, and then your striker, the great Frenchman himself, Karim Benzema, and super sub, Golden Balls, Bex himself. Yeah. Oh, that is, that is, I'm happy <laughs> It sounds good when it all gets read out like that, doesn't it? Yeah, you've got um, that, everything. <laughs> you've got your manager as uh, Riccio Pochettino. Uh, the stadium as the Signal Aduna Park, I think I've got that right, in Dortmund, and the kit as the RB Leipzig Champions League away kit from the 2021 season. Some amazing choices yeah. in there. A fantastic team that needs a name. So what is the name of this team? Well, in honour of my uh, my old, old footballing team, I'm going to steal their name, and my team is going to be called Heathfield Hawks. Heathfield Hawks. Nice. And just a little bit of interesting, well, quote-unquote interesting trivia. Where we used to train back when I was like 11, 12 years old, we played on the AstroTurf of the school that Daniel Sturridge went to. Nice. Hey, there you go. There you go. That is some good trivia. <laughs> love it. Not going to win you the quizzes, that one. but uh... Hey, that's the obscure facts that we love on this podcast. Yeah. That was great stuff. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast, Kieran. Yeah, man. Yeah, thank you. I always really enjoyed myself. Has, have you got anything you want to plug for, for our listeners before we let you go? Yeah, so I was in a, a short film recently called The Computer Says No, which uh, actually took home the award for best short comedy at um, the Northern Europe International Film Festival. Awesome. Uh, so you can find that on YouTube. Uh, give that a give that a watch. Give that a like. Give me some feedback. Uh, yeah, and uh, I think that's about it from me. Great cool. stuff. Well, it's yeah, been a real pleasure be watching that after this. Yeah, definitely go check it out. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks very much. Thanks so much for having me, fellas. What a team that was. Yeah. It's one of them teams where you don't realise till you read it back at the end how good it actually is. <laughs> yeah, when we did when we did that uh, wrap up, it was a bit um, insane to say yeah. the least. I was going to say he's got some Tottenham players in there as well, so uh, it managed to still be good with them. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very very good choices in there, and like you said, a few more Tottenham players than we're used to. But that's what you get when you bring a Tottenham fan on, I guess. We exactly. expected that. That's good. Our first Spurs fan, and. Controversy in him picking his left winger, which mm. was Thierry Henry, which yeah. I was not expecting. Very today. controversial. So let's go through it. So goalkeeper, Rogerio Saini. We've had him before. Martin picked him. Yeah. And what a player. I mean, if you can score three kicks as a goalkeeper, you're in. I'm, and I'm, you can, I'm if you can have that longevity of a career, I know goalkeepers usually do have a bit longer career, but to play over 1,200 games is ridiculous. Yeah, insane. And that, that defence... Philip Lahm, Ledley King, Yapstam, Alfonso Davis. Mm. That's a hell of a defence. Like that is, I mean, you got the, the Dort, the not Dortmund, sorry, the the Munich connection between Davis and Lahm, and then just the two centre backs, yeah. Ying and Yang, Ledley King, ball playing, lovely, and then Yapstam, I will eat you, yeah, if you cross. And me. the like very different fullbacks in Lahm and Davis as yeah, well. Absolutely. 
absolute pace for days and the other being very solid sort of mm-hmm. yeah our first Canadian pick yeah yeah and I wouldn't I hasn't surprised me that he's our first Canadian pick no, no there's not many to shoot from to be fair no it's <laughs> not a deep pool there is there no a great defence so that is up there with the better defences we've had Ledley King sort of it's one of those players where you think back and you think, oh, I didn't do much. But then when you actually read into why and the injuries, it is very sad that a player so talented mm. couldn't couldn't stay having, healthy. Just even having to train alone, that's that's so yeah. yeah. It's sad. So onto the midfield. Potentially the most handsome man in world football, Chavi Alonso. <laughs> we'll, we'll you you that. believe so. I'm still going with Perlo. But yeah, I can't, I can't, I've got to admit, he's a very handsome man. But it's a footballing podcast. It's more about that and what a player. Yeah, unbelievable player. player. Unbelievable. Obviously, second time he's appeared, the first time was in my podcast because I picked mm. him because I love him very much. And yeah, just what a player. Genuinely one of the best players I've seen play just in a, like a technical standpoint, just had everything. Yeah. And then the same again for Moussa Dembele. Goes under the radar as one of those players that was world-class for, for a few seasons. Obviously, he didn't have the longevity and he wasn't playing for a, a world-class team at the time. But I've read an interview with Kevin De Bruyne and he said that one of the best players he's ever played yeah. with was Dembele for the national side. So I, I think read that's that as well, yeah. volumes that probably the best centre-mid in the world right now is saying that Dembele was the best one he played with. And absolute tank is the best way to, to describe yeah, him part, as well. Part ballerina, part tank. Part ballerina, part tank. <laughs> Love it. So then on to the controversy. Yeah. I mean, like I say, you can't get a better piece of praise than a fan of the rival team picking you. Yeah. Like, that says something about you, doesn't it? It certainly does. (laughs) I mean, yeah. I mean, we've spoken about Thierry in length, so we don't need to talk about him, but everyone knows he's he's that guy. Yeah. He's a different position today, though. He's not on on the wing today. He was. He did start earlier career. Was very much left winger, and actually, when he went to Barca as well, I think he went over yeah. the left, didn't he? Yeah, he did. So then, switch to the other wing. Crazy Diego, Diego Maradona. Crazy eyes. What a guy! <laughs> of God. I, I listened to a podcast about him recently, and they said that he himself said that he had a split personality in a sense, where the man who played football and loved the game and like loved his family and all that stuff was called Diego. And the cocaine fueled madman was Maradona, and like he openly admitted that's how he lived his life. He was like, right, well, I'm gonna be Maradona for a few days, then I'll be Diego for a couple of days, and I'll be Maradona, then I'll be Diego. That, that's sort of that's in a way quite a sad existence. It is. It, it but, is very yeah. sad. I mean, I'm sure he had a good time, and I'm sure I <laughs> oh, clearly had a good time. You could tell every time every time you saw him on TV, and yeah. like, oh, he had a good time. But a hell of a player, one of the world's best ever players. Without him. Would you have Lionel Messi? Maybe not. No. no. Or so you, you would, but maybe not. To the, I don't know. It's hard to say. You it's one of those where you never know, but yeah, it's fun to say now. And then second striker or number 10, wherever you want to put him, Harry Kane. I mean, I would have been surprised if if Kieran hadn't chosen him. Yeah, I was going to say, like as the only good Spurs player. <laughs> no, maybe Kieran, Son as well. Son yeah. is good, yeah, Son is good. And to be fair, they've got some good players, to be fair. But Harry Kane is obviously... Up there with the best Spurs players of all time, really. Um, mm. Like you've got Bale at his peak, what David Ginola, uh, the other Spurs players from the era that I don't remember. <laughs> but they've had. I haven't got anything in front. Of, 
Yeah, some amazing players over the years, Spurs, and obviously Harry Kane is up there with the best. And rightly so. I, I literally, as we were doing this, I looked at the Premier League uh, app and I looked and it's like I clicked the button for stats and literally is top assists, Harry Kane, top goals, yeah. Harry Kane. Just insane. And and like, I, I honestly do think he's going to leave Tottenham because I don't think, unless, the only thing that would keep him at Tottenham is if you, Mourinho left, I think, at this point. And they get yeah, a big name manager in because he's not a Mourinho player, is he? Even though no. he just come out and said that he loves him, but because you can't even say to Harry Kane like, "Oh, we've like you've had all these chances," because he's not had a manager for more than three seasons. Like they all go, and like even yeah. then, he's not had who's he had as manager? Avb, Mourinho, Pochettino, because obviously he spent a lot of his young career on loan in different places. So yeah, I, I always remember him in Norwich. Shit. Yeah, Leicester as well. There's a picture yeah. of him and Vardy on the bench at Leicester. He's mad <laughs> in the championship. How mad is that? But yeah, obviously he's probably going to be England's all-time greatest goal scorer. He's probably going to break Rooney's records if he keeps yeah, going. So. And yeah, I, I do rate Harry Kane high. I think he's a great player. I think he is one of the better players in the Premier League on his day. Yeah, yeah great, definitely. great pick. Great pick. Obviously, an obvious pick from a Spurs fan, but you know. And then... Kieran didn't say it, I'll say it. Probably the most underrated striker in the world. <laughs> Kareem. Yeah, he's he is. He really is. And like it's it's not even the underrated, like because people say, like, yeah, but you look at his stats, everyone knows he scores goals, but that's not it. The underrated sense for me is people just think that that's all he does when really it's he's his... the ultimate link up striker. Mm. His hold up play, the amount of assists he's got for an out and out striker as well is pretty insane. The same with Harry Kane as well, actually. Yeah. But yeah. I think if you play in the shadow of Ronaldo for so long. Which he did, like he he plugged away and he he scored his goals and he he did his bits for Madrid. But anyone playing for Madrid of that area was playing in Ronaldo's shadow. You would do yeah. it. It's like Barcelona. Yeah. Even Messi and Suarez, sorry, even uh, Neymar and Suarez were playing in Messi's shadow because that's just how good they were. But for Benzema to stay there after Ronaldo goes and still score goals when he's got less service, he's got not less service, sorry, less quality players around him. Like it just speaks volumes as to how good Kareem Benzema actually is. Yeah. Great player, great choice. Super then, sub, yeah. The sub. I mean, we've had Beckham a few times now. Um, obviously, a, a big deal to England fans, and I, I completely understand. It's like Gareth Bale to us. Yeah, He's that national icon where everyone loves him, no matter what he does. He can do no wrong in their eyes. And to be fair, I, I don't think he's done much wrong in his career anyway, apart from his haircuts. But apart from that red card, but that was a completely different player anyway. So. Yeah, exactly. That was that was that was D Beckham, not this D Beckham. <laughs> I think I want something there. I think that's. Uh, I think I've cracked the case. Yeah, <laughs> you are right though. The people that make like the like I say, I I just remember vividly this thing of like it was a puppet of David Beckham hanging yeah. in the stands. It was like Jesus. That's, but the people who make it. those sort of things, like they're not <laughs> they're not the fans, are they? They're not they're, the real fans. Let's let's be real. They're probably pretty racist as well. Those fans. So the fact that he then got cornrows that would be even more infuriating for them. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean that 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 one to eleven in the Super Sub is a fantastic, like really, really fantastic team. Like that would be a team. You, you feel like one that would, would work well together as exactly, well. Really thought say, it yeah. through, isn't he? Yeah. And then the manager Poch, he could manage a team like that. Absolutely, because that's essentially a team that PSG could assemble now. I mean, I don't think they wanted because like it's half of them are fifty, but <laughs> you get the idea. Um, and you know, one's passed away, but. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that too. The ghost of Diego coming around to play. But, uh, yeah, Poch obviously means a lot to Spurs fans. 
it means lots of Southampton fans actually. I think one thing that Pochettino does is like get a connection with the fans because Southampton fans were obviously very upset when he left Southampton to join Spurs, mm. and I think he was at Espanyol before then. I remember reading that Espanyol would get it that he'd left there, and then obviously now at PSG, like you can just see that he changes players' career trajectories. Like Moise Ken, Everton striker on loan at PSG. Mm. Like when he went there, everyone was like, well, why is he going there? And he didn't really do much. And then Poch comes in, and then he's banging goals in Champions League. He's scoring in French Cup finals. Like he's scoring in Ligue 1 freely. Like it shows that Poch is such a good man manager. He can bring the best yeah. out of players that have struggled in the past. Yeah. And so many, like after he left Tottenham, there were so many teams that were wanting him, even though they already had a manager in place. Yeah. Like I know United wanted him. I, I know say that was the thing, wasn't it? Just Madrid. Madrid were looking at him, yeah. even though Dortmund as well. Yeah, but yeah, I think he's a a fantastic, fantastic player uh, manager, player manager. He was a player <laughs> manager, I think, but a manager. He was a player as well. He had he played uh, against England in the that yeah. Argentina game. But yeah, Poch, great manager, a great choice for this team, and obviously as for a Spurs fan, probably the best manager they've had for a long time. Yeah. Except for Redknapp, but... Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Doesn't hang out car windows like Harry does. <laughs> uh, stadium, the Signal Iduna Park, which does have a different name as well, which West is... Westfall Stadium. That's the one, but I didn't want to murder that. <laughs> I probably uh, just did, but it's fine. And I tell you what, for the reason he picked it, he need he would have the Dortmund fans in there, and I agree. That yellow wall, to what it's called, is insane. Yeah, it's next level, isn't it? It really is. Yeah, that is probably up there with the best fan experiences in the world, I'd say. I mean, I've not done it, and I would love to. As Kieran said, it's on a bucket list. I I totally agree. Mm. So, yeah, that's, that is a bucket list thing, isn't it? Go and see a Dortmund game when they're the peak of their fandom, just going absolutely mad. Yeah, I'd love to see that. Yeah, it'd be great, wouldn't it? Champions League night, I feel. And also, there's something about that stadium, because when, oh, was it when City scored uh, there? This uh, this past week, and there was a goal that Haaland scored in the Champions League. They have those nets so tight, yeah. You hear so that it. when it when it hits the net, it makes the most satisfying noise in the world. Yeah, but there's then, a goal that Haaland scores against PSG last season, and uh, I think that's the one I was thinking about. Yeah, yeah. Try and find the German commentary of that. It's <laughs> literally I can't remember what he says, but it's something like he goes like super talk. It's just like <laughs> love it. I love it. German <laughs> language isn't like the most poetic, but that was just like you watch the goal, you hear that noise, you're like, yeah, okay, that's what it should, that's what it is. I don't know what that means, but that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, and then obviously Leipzig. Quite funny that he's chosen the Dortmund Stadium a Leipzig kit because everyone yeah. in hates Leipzig. Yeah, uh, I, I'm assuming they hate them just because they were bought out by a big yeah, company that's like exactly Red Bull. It just... yeah. it's like Salzburg; they're not very yeah. popular in Austria either. Because they're not like, even allowed to be called Red Bull, are they, Leipzig? Yeah, it has to be like, RB. Because... RB, yeah. It's like they call like Die Rotten on their Twitter or something like that. I don't know. But mm-hmm. yeah, they obviously, they're, they're a pretty good team to be fair. But that kit is lovely. Really is nice. Yeah, like, no, it is a very nice concept kit. kit. It's very nice. It's definitely one that someone, uh, anyone listening should give a quick search to. I managed yeah. to find it eventually. Yeah, you yeah. find it the end. And then Heathfield Hawks, a great little team name. As he said, throwback to when he could play football. Yeah. Nice little name. <laughs> lovely name. Yeah. There we go. What a team. So go on. We we sometimes do this, sometimes don't. Best player, worst player. Ooh, it's actually quite hard in this one. Yeah. Uh worst player, I'm gonna have to say keeper. So it was uh, Sene. 
Oh, actually, no. I'm going to go with Ledley King. Yeah. Just because of the injuries, because yeah. we don't know what he could have achieved. I agree. Um, that's not saying anything bad on Ledley King. It's just saying that I think we would have seen a lot more. Yeah. And we didn't. Totally agree. Uh, best player. Probably Diego, right? I think so. Yeah. 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 I would yeah. say so. I yeah. think Diego Maradona is like top five all time. So I think he's got to be. Yeah. No, it's Diego Maradona. Um, yeah. I was looking at Thierry Henry, but no, I think it is no. Diego Maradona. Diego. Because he's, <laughs> what I always like is the comparison of like Diego Maradona and Pele, but Diego Maradona didn't make up stats. So let's go for Diego. <laughs> I'll never Diego Maradona did it while being off his face. Off there we go. Well, he did get banned for that for a long time. So maybe yeah. that was partially <laughs> why he was so good at football. <laughs> who knows let's give over there we that. go let's give over that there's another podcast in the bag a yeah. great guest Kieran came on obviously plugged away his his uh, short film The Computer Says <laughs> No so go and check that out I'm sure it's great I haven't actually watched it I'm going to go watch it after this yeah I'm definitely going to go watch it after this and then definitely watch uh, his previous short film Confessions of the Bat because that is very good yeah, and, uh, it won plenty of awards. And keep your eyes peeled for him. You never know. He's in these short films one day. He could be a huge superstar and we'll get him back on. And he'll <laughs> give us a completely different team. There we go. <laughs> but yeah, thanks again for listening, guys. Really appreciate your support and keeping listening to the pod. As always, go check us out on socials. Facebook, Insta, Twitter, TikTok, all Nostalgia FC. And then we've got the email address, which is... NostalgiaFCpod at gmail.com. Yeah, go check us out. Go give us a follow, like, share, subscribe, all that jazz. Uh, and also, um, if you can rate and review, please do. Uh, it does help us get into the algorithms of different podcasting providers and helps us reach out to new countries. For example, a country we discovered we've reached out to this week, Tajikistan. Tajikistan. <laughs> now, I've never heard of Tajikistan. So that's pretty cool that someone there is listening. So shout outs to you. Yeah, definitely. Person, whatever your name is. But yeah, thanks again. Uh, really appreciate you guys listening in. Join us next week where another guest will give us their favourite team of all time and we will discuss it in length, as always. That was Kieran Wesley with the Heathfield Hawks. And what a team it was. And what a team it was. Anyway, I could talk about this for days. Yeah, let's <laughs> probably, probably. Believe it or not, we've we've spoken about the podcast quite a few times before. Yeah, I was going to say, George, I've heard you speak about it for days. <laughs> I was going to say, this one's not going in in the actual no. thing. So we're good. We're good. Everybody, tick off, George, talking about Wrexham on your bingo cards. <laughs>